This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 262. So today's episode is all about great photo documentaries. And today I'm going to talk about some of these great documentaries that are a fantastic source for inspiration, as well as educating you on photography. Now, the first one is a story from Petapixel, and is about a new film that is in theaters now called From Where They Stood. In this new film, you get to see photos that were taken covertly during World War II by prisoners in German concentration camps as they were held by the Nazis. This new documentary explores the secret and unauthorized photographs that concentration camp prisoners clandestinely took during the war. Rolls of film labeled Dachau 1943-44 to reveal grim photos of mainly Jewish people, some dressed in striped pajamas, while they were interned in Nazi concentration camps. The trailer from where, for From Where They Stood shows how brave inmates would wrap the camera in newspaper and tuck it under their arm. The photographer would then stand near evil Nazi guards and shoot with his body and not his eye. Taking these photos would have been extremely dangerous, and the trailer alludes to one photographer being caught. Quote, when he learned that the Gestapo were going to get him, he just had enough time to hide the film. These courageous photographers were risking their lives to document one of the greatest atrocities ever committed. Quote, it was very much an act of resistance, explains one of the experts on the trailer. It's unlike anything we could imagine or believe. The covert photographs taken in Dachau, Buchenwald, Dora, Ravensbrück, and Auschwitz were at the core of the documentary. The film crew takes life-size transparent prints of the images to the original locations and reconstructs the angles from where they were shot. Directed by Christopher Cognet, the photography-based film has so far received favorable reviews, with the New York Times outlining some of the more horrific content within the documentary. Quote, but the clandestine pictures taken are pictures known as the Sauter Commando photographs carrying the gravest weight of all, writes Nicholas Rapold for the Times. These ghostly images depict nude women on the way to the gas chamber and afterward corpses left in the open air, both scenes overseen by the cremation prisoners working, or prison workers known as the Sauter Commando. Quote, shots from a significant distance, apparently through holes in the gas chambers, these figures are small and not greatly defined, but no less devastating. Sonder Commandos were work units made up of Jewish prisoners who threatened with their own deaths aided with the disposal of gas chamber victims during the Holocaust. Holocaust survivors are increasingly rare as time marches on and the war generation is now well into their 90s. Earlier this year, Petapixel featured an exhibition that shows portraits of Holocaust survivors with their families. 
The film is in theaters now and will be available in digital media in mid-September of this year. For information on listings, visit the film's website, which you can find in this article in the show notes. Now, I have not had a chance to watch the film yet, as I generally wait for a new film to become available in iTunes, and I just buy them outright, but it does look like a compelling story. And I'm not trying to get political on the show. I've said that many times before. Politics does not play in photography. But I am a big history buff, as you've heard me mention before, and especially anything related to World War II, as uh, both of my grandfathers were in that war. So I definitely recommend this. I have a feeling it's going to be a fantastic film. The next one I want to talk about is Finding Vivian Meyer. Now, this movie is available in iTunes, on DVD, and elsewhere. Finding Vivian Meyer is a 2013 American documentary film about the photographer Vivian Meyer, written, directed, and produced by John Maloof and Charles Siskel, and executive produced by Jeff Garland. Meyer was a French-American woman who worked most of her life as a nanny and housekeeper to a multitude of Chicago families. She always carried a camera everywhere she went, but Meyer's photographic legacy was largely unknown during her lifetime. She passed away in 2009. This film documents how Malouf discovered her work after her death, uncovered her life through interviews with people she knew. Malouf had purchased a box of photo negatives at a 2007 Chicago auction, then scanned the images and put them on the internet. News articles soon began to come out about Meyer, and a Kickstarter campaign for the documentary was soon underway. The film had its world premiere at the 2013 Toronto International Film Festival on September 9th of 2013. It was shown in cinemas and was released on DVD in November of 2014. Upon release, the film received critical acclaim and won various awards and was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature at the 87th Academy Awards. Finding Vivian Meyer has an approval rating of 95% on review aggregator web, uh, website Rotten Tomatoes based on 100 reviews and an average rating of 7.5 out of 10. The website's critical consensus states, Narratively gripping, visually striking, and ultimately thought-provoking, Finding Vivian Meyer shines an overdue spotlight on this subject's long-hidden brilliance. It also has a score of 75 out of 100 on Metacritic based on 27 critics, indicating generally favorable reviews. Now, I have personally watched this film, and I own it in iTunes, and it is absolutely fantastic. Vivian was one very talented photographer, and it's sad that she kept most of her work to herself. She only printed a small number of her images, generally for herself only, although she did put a few of them on display in her hometown in France. I was incredibly surprised to find that one of the people she worked for over the years was TV talk show host Phil Donahue and that she was the type of person kept to herself apart from her work. She was extremely shy, never married or had children, and just wanted to do her thing and not be bothered by anyone. Now, as I said before, I own this movie and have watched it several times myself, and I can highly recommend it. It is a fantastic and truly compelling story 
of a very photo- uh, very talented photographer who was completely unknown during her own lifetime. I'm going to take a short break right here, and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. So the next one I want to tell you about is called Jay Myself. Now, this film is available in iTunes and DVD and elsewhere. Jay Myself is a 2018 American documentary film directed by Stephen Wilkes, produced by his wife Betty Wilkes, and written by Josh Alexander. The film chronicles the days during which renowned Photographer Jay Mizell decides to sell his longtime New York home, the historic six-story former Germania Bank building on the Bowery, for $55 million. This documentary tells the story of how Mizell obtained this property in 1967. The film starts with Mizell having only five months left until the building will be sold. During these months, he is sorting through 72 rooms, showcasing a collection of VHS tapes, special-sized screws, and, of course, the photographs for which he became famous. On Review Aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an 89% approval rating based on 18 reviews, with an average ranking of 7.7 out of 10. On Metacritic, Jay Myself has a rank of 74 out of 100 based on 8 critics, indicating generally favorable reviews. The production began with Wilkes, back then a photographer himself, getting acquainted with Mizell in 1979 and soon after becoming his close friend, assistant, and mentee. The film was shot in 2015. Jay Mizell premiered in, in 2018 Doc New York City. It was screened at numerous other film festivals, including the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival, the Cleveland International Film Festival, the Newport Beach Film Festival, and OTR Film Festival. It also was screened domestically at the 2019 Milwaukee and the Sedona Film Festivals. John DeFore of The Hollywood Reporter called Jay Myself, quote, a fascinating look at an artist's life, while Glenn Kenny of The New York Times stated simply, it's a fun journey. Variety's Owen Gleiberman praised the narration, writing Wilkes' view on his old mentor mentor with affection, but with a supreme awareness of what a crazy, charismatic crank he can be. Nick Allen of RogerEbert.com had a different opinion. He wrote, whether this is all for the sake of art or not, it can be too nauseating to peer into from the outside, which I have to disagree with. According to Derek Smith of Slant Magazine, Jay Mizell's former home suggests a bastion of creativity in a neighborhood whose rough edges have been completely sanded down. Lee Pickett of Chicago Reader wrote in her closing comments that in the end, the viewer might find herself both feeling the loss at the center of Mizell and Wilkes's letting go process and craving a similar grotto of their own. 
Now, again, I own and have watched this film several times as I absolutely love the story and seeing how Jay lived and worked in this old bank that was both his massive studio and home. I feel that his protege, Stephen Wilkes, does an excellent job of telling Jay's story, and although Jay can be a cranky old man at times, his talent with a camera is unmistakable. Next, we have the B-side, Elsa Dorfman's Portrait Photography. Now, this movie can be watched on Netflix. The B-side, Elsa Dorfman's Portrait Photography, is a 2016 American documentary film directed by Errol Morris. The film explores the life and career of Elsa Dorfman. The film was released on June 30th, 2017 by Neon. The film premiered at the Telluride Film Festival on September 4th, 2016, and the film was released on June 30th, 2017 by Neon. Following her retirement, Elsa Dorfman lovingly showcases her photographic works from her 50-year career in photography, while also telling personal and professional antidotes and describing her artistic motivations. The film has a loose chronological narrative. Dorfman starts by showing her early black-and-white photographic work. She recalls moving to New York City to work for Grove Press, where she became acquainted with beat writers, including Allen Ginsberg. She then describes moving back to Massachusetts to teach elementary school, at which point the ph- photographer assigned to work with her to uh, her introduced her to photography. By the 1970s, she had photographed Andrew Wiley, Victor Brockus, and Anas Nin, W. H. Auden, Andrea Dworkin, Ed Sanders, Gail Mazur, and Andre Lord, as well as Anne Sexton. Dorfman then describes her excitement over the release of the 20 by 24 large format Polaroid in 1980, which is followed by footage of her using the 20 by 24 Polaroid she was eventually able to rent. One of only five to exist, so it was pretty rare. She goes on to show the first photo she took on the 20 by 24, a photo of Allen Ginsberg with an amorous, uh, amorous, I'm not sure how to pronounce that flower. Uh, Dorfman goes through other photos she had taken on the 20 by 24 and recollects the memories associated with them. This includes her parents, husband, son, and Ginsburg. She reflects on the death of her parents and Ginsburg, as well as more lighthearted memories of her past birthdays. She talks about Polaroid going out of business and how it affected her overall, conveying her artistic motivations and understanding of her photographic mediums. This film was well-received overall, receiving a rating of 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Glenn Kinney with the New York Times writes, Part of Mr. Morris's reputation as a great documentary filmmaker is derived from his friendly-seeming but pressing interview technique. But here, when he is heard, he speaks to Miss Dorfman as a friend, and she responds to him with warm reminiscence of her beginnings as a photographer. Ms. Dorfman emerges from an art uh, from an artistic of deep compassion, artist of deep compassion, empathy, humor, and wisdom. During a montage of photographs of Ginsburg, she is her, or he is heard in late fifties audio recordings reading his great poem "America." Lines like "America, when will you end the human war?" 
And America, why are your libraries full of tears, resonate with a particular poignancy even today, as does America, when will you be angelic? The B-side is a portrait of a genuine American angel. Robert Abel with the Los Angeles Times writes, quote, this is the rare Morris movie that feels led by the personality of its star figure, in this case, Dorfman. Dorfman's wry positivity and love for what she does rather than his need to probe. You could almost sense Morris smiling off camera as she pulls each exposure from her file drawers for reminiscing and newfound scrutiny. That's how strong and warm his admiration is for Dorfman and the humble richness of her work. Now, again, this is a film I've watched several times as I absolutely love the story and I love seeing Elsa's work using this massive Polaroid camera system. I am a bit surprised being it was such an expensive camera that at the time, and according to Elsa, how expensive it was even to rent, that she was able to work something out with Polaroid to keep the camera long term in her studio to shoot most of her 50 years in photography with this one camera. And the beautiful prints that she got from this camera system are absolutely amazing. Finally, I want to tell you about a documentary series, and it's called Tales by Light. This is available on Netflix. Tales by Light is an Australian documentary reality television series airing on National Geographic. The program is branded content and a joint venture between National Geographic and Canon Cameras, which follows a number of professional photographers traveling around the world to capture images which tell a compelling story. The program debuted on May 24, 2015 and was renewed for a second season, which debuted on October 25th of 2016. A third season premiered on Network 10 on August 26, 2018. You can find the list of episodes on Wikipedia. From the official Canon Australia website for the series, Tales by Light Season 3 takes viewers behind the lens and into the minds of three new photographers, each motivated to harness the power of images to draw attention to and inspire the world to protect some of the most beautiful and vulnerable aspects of our world, children, the ocean, and Australia's indigenous culture. Now, I highly recommend this series for anyone that's into photography. It is absolutely wonderful to follow the journey of these highly talented photographers as they go out to other countries and into the oceans to capture some of the most powerful and compelling photo stories I have personally ever seen. If you don't come away from watching this series with a renewed sense of creativity and passion for photography, then you might want to give it up altogether. Remember to check out the Land Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request 
to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 262 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, comment on them, share them out on social media and elsewhere and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. Now, Tina and I will be headed to Chattanooga over the weekend. I'm shooting some content for another team at the big international studio that I talked about a couple times before. So I may or may not get the Sunday episode out. We'll have to wait and see. I may be able to pull off recording it and getting it ready tomorrow, Friday, and uh, get it scheduled to be released for Sunday, but we'll have to wait and see. It's been kind of a hectic week. All right, that's going to wrap this one up, folks. I will see you all again next time.